And the Oscar goes to, by a nose, Nicole Kidman. Hi, Jack. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm all right. I, I was hoping that because it's 7.30 at night uh, that the construction of my apartment complex wouldn't still be going on, but here we are. So I apologize for any ambient noise here in the background. Wait, that's that, okay. I can't hear any of that. But wait, oh, say, say, uh, say, hi, say hi to me again. Do you want me to say hi to you again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Jack. Hello, uh, Sam. That was good. That's that's where you want to go with. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not want us to do the podcast in all Australian accents, Sam? People Jack, I normally gonna, they're gonna rip their headphones out of their ears. Yeah, I'm. I'm just normally not one to criticize someone's <laughs> accent on the podcast because I have a long and storied history of really butchering them. Uh, but that one was pretty bad. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, I just, I'm feeling very Australian after watching our movie today. It's, it is an incredibly Australian movie. Uh, it is a very Australian movie. Normally, what I like to do here is um, have the guest explain kind of like why they chose their movie and like what their connection is. But I will be pretty upfront and let the audience know that I actually forced this movie upon you. Yeah, I really uh, got the, uh, the loser movie. For the, I'm very happy to be on your podcast, but I wish that I did not have to watch that movie. <laughs> um, we could get into it. I I think it's a delight, personally. Um, I, I thought it was I, a good mix of guest and film. I really just wanted you to be here, uh, that, and I didn't have a whole lot of options. But I'm sorry. I I the. The movie wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And this experience is going to be way more enjoyable than the badness ever could have been. I agree. Um, I will say that, like, there are a couple of movies that uh, were, like, real hard sells or that, like, nobody volunteered for. Um, And I will actually say that this is a movie that, like, I was constantly, like, from the jump trying to push on people because I do think that it's pretty charming. Uh, So it is not before I had, and I've said this in almost every episode, which is probably obnoxious for anyone listening to have to hear again. But there was a point where I was just before I thought I was going to do this, that I was just watching her movies in order. And obviously this comes up quite early. Yeah. Um, I thought it was 1983. It is listed on IMDb as 1986. So I uh, am wrong. Um, But it gives us an 18 year old Nicole. It's her first adult film and she wastes no time by being a professional getting naked uh lip syncing (laughs) surfing i she's she's just a she's probably the the only like actual actor in the in the movie that's actually acting everybody else is like putting up putting on a little show like a community theater style acting yeah, she's acting circles around everyone. And what's yeah, funny is, she is because she's still a nobody, even in Australia, she's still second build. Yes. And I was like looking at the guy and I was like, well, maybe he was like an Australian thing. And he definitely like I didn't recognize any of the like four top IMDb credits. 
so I was like, oh, they were just both nothings, but he was like the man and objectively right. the like lead of the, the movie. Cool one, the hero, yeah. Um, before we get into the movie, can you tell me, uh, I guess, first of all, what movie would you have done had you had uh, had your choice? I love just starting fights with guests that have already done movies. So, <laughs> uh, I um, I probably would have picked uh, Eyes Wide Shut. I think that's. I think that movie is really, I really enjoyed the podcast on that one that you did. And I, I think that movie really smartly uses her as a engine in the movie without her being the star of it. So the movie is kind of all about her, but does, but, or, or her reactions to things and stuff like that her inner life as a character, but it doesn't star her, which is very interesting. And I just love the last little bit where he's like, Oh, do you want to make love? And she's like, no, I want to fuck. Like, yeah, I I think that's amazing. Like that's so it's all, It's also like said in a toy store. And she says like, you yes. know, there is one thing we need to do. And he's like, what's that? Just fuck. And then yeah. it's also the last word in a Kubrick movie. I know I said that already. It yeah. bears repeating. <laughs> I was going to make a it's joke also, about um, you. Go ahead. It's also Philip Seymour Hoffman's last word in a movie ever. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know why that stuck in my head. But what were you going to make a joke about me for? Hmm? Oh, I was just going to, I was, while you were talking originally, I had this like mental image of you just like, happily walking down the streets of LA and then like locking eyes with Daniel who did the eyes wide shut episode. And then just like the kill bill music starting to play. But then you said that you really liked the episode. So I had to retract it. Yes. I really like the episode. And I, 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 uh, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd really have to rewatch the movie and I might rewatch the movie no matter what. But I, the, my first Nicole Kidman experience in my life was when she played Dr. Chase Meridian and Batman Forever. And that movie had a huge impact on me when I was a kid. It was like the first big action movie I can remember seeing in the theater. It, I like asked my dad for a quarter after and I was like uh, flipping it in the car ride home. Like... I had a huge crush on Chris O'Donnell and didn't know it. And mm-hmm. I loved, I, I was got really interested in like psychiatry because of Dr. Chase Meridian, who was, I thought that I, I still think that having her be a psychiatrist next to Batman is a pretty cool idea. Cause he's so fucked up. I feel personally very vindicated uh, because when I asked that question, I was trying to guess what I thought your answer would be. And I was going to say Batman. But so when you said eyes wide shut, I like got a little disheartened. (laughs) Well, I think eyes wide shut is definitely the better movie, but right. Batman forever was my first Kidman experience. And me and my best friend, Matt at the time, sixth grade or so, like dressed up as, Two-Face and the Riddler for Halloween. Like that movie was just, I, it was a big deal when it came out on VHS and we got it. That that movie, she's just part of a big movie in my childhood. That's all. Which of the two Halloween costumes were you? I was Two-Face. Cool. Mine was store-bought. <laughs> and nice. Mine was store-bought and uh, Matt's was homemade, but his was actually cooler. But I had the cool mask. It's a good mask. It's a really good that movie. Like they really double down on the purple. Yeah, 
Yeah, I love um, that. Can we talk about our viewing experience for this movie, which is that at least I actually don't know if you went ahead and did this, but I watched this on Voodoo. Shout out to Voodoo. And I watched it with ads because that was the only way it was available. Yes, yes I watched okay. it on Voodoo with ads on my phone. Jesus. And <laughs> um, the way that Christopher Nolan would want you to watch a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk. This ain't by the way, but, um, uh, I watched That's it rude. Beaches, beaches are equally minutes. important in both of these. Sorry. <laughs> I watched it in two 45-minute uh, sections. And also, the ads for it were only ads for the service I was using to watch it. I so noticed that. The only ads for on Vudu were for Vudu, which makes me feel like Vudu is not selling a whole lot of ads for Windrider. Uh, advertisement companies probably buy ads for the big movies, and Windrider is probably left off the list. Uh, this yeah, is it the was only place in the <laughs> internet where you can find this movie. Well, so when I started, when I was doing the original watch, um, I was shocked at how many of the Australian Nicole Kidman movies were on um, Prime Video. And so I was like, sure, I'll suggest this movie. I know it exists. And it's still on there, but it's like marked as unavailable by whoever owns the rights. So something's, yeah. something's some drama is going on with the <laughs> Windrider production company. I wonder if it's like, you know, there was drama. Uh, I might have seen this in Going Clear or something like that. That Tom Cruise had bought out uh, a movie that um katie holmes was like making out with a guy in when she was younger or something so i wonder if this is somehow wrapped up in some 90s legislation where tom cruise tries to buy out nicole kidman kidman nude scenes so that they wouldn't be available for the public he would have to buy at least 10 films that i can think of off the top of my head really i did not know she was naked that much Another recurring theme well, on this podcast is me talking about how I think she never gets naked in movies, but she is constantly naked she's in movies. Constantly naked in uh, Eyes Wide Shut. She's a- naked in like the first part, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's still getting naked now. She was naked in Sacred Deer. Another thing I've said a million times. Uh, we should we should get into it. Okay, let's get into it. Um, the first thing that we have to talk about is Nicole's lip sync work in this movie because it's one of the first things that we see. <laughs> it is the very first thing that we see, I think. Do we think that she is a Drag Race lip sync assassin or do we think that she would be going home if this was a performance on Drag Race? I think she'd be going home for sure. Uh, maybe it's, it was... It, it's, it's, what it, instead of the, the lips matching, it's just the voice in general does not match her body yeah you know her vocal cords can't Uh, produce these sounds (laughs) yeah it's pretty rough movement wise it's a little um like kennedy davenport miss anita napkin from glamazonian (laughs) airways and then you're right the voice is just not it's not her voice specifically because I guess accents are hard to hear when you're singing a lot of times, but like we know that she's going to stop lip syncing and then immediately have the heaviest Australian accent. And there's like not even a suggestion of it in the singing (laughs) voice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, although I I have to say, I don't want to skip ahead too early, but we're about to talk about our 
main character whose name is PC, or as every Australian says in the movie, Pace. Like it's that was good. That was better than your first attempt. Oh, thank you. It's the most annoying name I've ever heard in my life. But um, he sometimes I feel like slips into an American accent when he's trying to be cool with his surf buddies. Did you notice that? Uh, maybe a little. I mean, I mean, I no, I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I'm he just doesn't the have it PC as bad as Nicole Kidman, who on the Nicole on the Australian accent level, Nicole is like off the charts, and maybe he just has a regular one and is not like deeply ingrained inside his vocal cords like it is with Nicole. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, she, her, I mean, hers is so present. It's like her and like whatever the woman's name is, it's like PC's assistant. Maybe it's just because yeah. it's a female voice, but they're both yeah. like, <laughs> those are the ones that stick out of my head. They're really leaning into it. Um. So she's like lip syncing. She she's in a music studio. She's recording uh, at night, and like it's cut with PC. Which can we talk about what PC stands for? Did you catch it? Well, he says. I think he says it's police car, right? Yeah, which like because he's fast. <laughs> well, yes. One of the one of the jokes is uh, they call me PC because I'm always chasing after sirens, and he says that. Oh, you're right. That's a better. Nicole. Yes, yes. He says and, someone, someone, one of his friends says because he's fast, and then the other one says that, which is a much better explanation. You're right. But like, police cars don't chase after sirens; they are the siren. Uh, you're right. I take back what I said about it being a good explanation. Uh, um, this is a stray observation that I had, which is uh, Nicole ends up like. I don't even, is she, does she just walk home? How does she end up like seeing him? Cause she ends up like seaside. So she's, she's working at night and she, I guess if she's walking, she's walking along uh, like the most desolate highway I've ever seen where she would most likely die by like getting bit by one of Australia's plentiful poisonous snakes. But I think she was fed up with her life driving home, pulled over, got out of the car to, car to look at the seaside and have a moment to herself breathe in some fresh air and then saw in the distance Pace yeah Pace uh, is riding the wind <laughs> Uh huh. he's out there uh, doing tricks <laughs> yes he's doing tricks and he eventually does the trick the 360 he does a 360, at which point he realizes that like he has a, a witness to it because Nicole's watching. Yeah, uh, it's like the first time know. he ever did it, so he's super excited to have done a 360. But no one's, none of his friends are there. He's thrilled. He's like he before he even sees Nicole, he's like jumping up and down, he's, excited. He's really excited. I thought for the first time, I didn't understand that how cool a 360 was. I thought he was just his first time wind riding at all. But he's I, want a, a, I want a sound effect every time we say wind or ride or wind riding. wind riding. Is that what it's called? Isn't it called windsurfing? I don't. It's called wind rider. Uh, no, but like 
I know that's what the movie is called, but oh, like, I was like Jack. I don't know how to tell you. Isn't it called the windsurfing the sport? Maybe yeah. they could just call it different, something different, in, in uh, Australia, or maybe it's supposed to be more uh, romantic than that. You know, we, he's riding the wind. Uh, yes, they. I, I mean, I think. Does anyone say the phrase windsurfing in the movie? Does anyone even say wind rider? No, they, nobody ever calls him Windrider. They might say in passing, are you going wind riding? Teach me to wind ride or something. The closest say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says something close to that. Um, I think the closest I can think of is when he's telling her that he was on the cover of the magazine and the magazine is called like wind and surf or something. Yeah, something like that. There are whole uh, stretches of dialogue in this movie that I had no idea what anyone was saying to each other because it was so Australian and they were using dated slang and it's almost, some of it is almost like Cockney, like, like that really the like, if you watch the British and they say like, like, I can't even think of one right now, but like Bob's your uncle or something like that. Like, and like it was stuff like that, that I didn't even understand. I wrote some of it down. Uh, give him heaps. Uh, a blind Freddy. There's a big low coming. Throw his dummy in the dirt. Uh, what is that? What? I don't know what any of that means. No, a blind this is Freddy. This is very reminiscent of when I did the BMX Bandits episode, and I truly didn't know if, like things were like BMX slang or like Australian slang or just like sl- like Juno slang that you like invent for <laughs> movies. You know. Yeah uh can we talk about his morning routine because oh love it i love uh, his morning routine it's good it's like very first of all he lives in the house that looks like the house in mildred pierce which is has i have nothing more to say about that other than it looks like the <laughs> house um it's, and it's like on the beach and shot in the same way uh yeah. but he has like a morning routine where he's like super smooth he, he microwaves coffee which is completely unwell but he's then he's such got, a like, cool guy he's juggling he like when he bumps the refrigerator with his butt like the honey falls off the top shelf and like lands in his hand and then he juggles it and the toast pops out in that ridiculous cartoon way and he grabs the toast midair and flips the egg and it's very uh it is actually a very upbeat uh you know, beginning to the movie, I was like, yeah, okay. I like a guy who, who good makes a good breakfast. I do too. He's got like the, like the egg going in one side and like the toast going on the other. He's like, he's multitasking. He's killing it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is. Um, it. He like gets in his dune buggy and then like, he's got all the green lights time. So he's like killing it on the streets too. Yeah. That I was not as such a fan of living in Los Angeles. I was just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, <laughs> uh it exists basically so we can see him pull into the parking lot at work and where everyone has like a normal car for us to be like oh he's not like other guys like he's a cool guy yeah he's such a cool guy they they uh, go to great lengths to set him up as the coolest guy in the world even when he walks in and we meet that lady's name who i realize now is miss dodge 
Um, and she's a miss. Yes. So like, we just were like, she's an old bag and she's stern. <laughs> and then he like asks her for a kiss. And, sh- but like, actually it's just his motto because he wants to keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like all so silly. It, when he, uh, when he started and, and said, uh, that, what does he even say? That doesn't make like, he's like, give me a kiss. Right. Or yeah. how about a kiss? Which, yeah. The sentence doesn't make sense if it you doesn't expand make any it. Sense. But I, I really thought that was his attitude that he was at. Like, it was '80s enough for me to believe that the movie would try to get me to think he's charming by like trying to kiss this old woman. You know, in a Me Too era, I was ready to be aghast, and instead, it was just wordplay. It's just wordplay. Uh, we see like one of my favorite recurring tropes in this movie, which is like how, like what this movie thinks technology is <laughs> in relationship to like surfing and things like that. But we see like the first invention that he and like the, his business is like, I would call him his business's Q. Yeah. Because like he brings in like a, essentially a typewriter and he's like, Oh, like I just, I enhanced this typewriter. It's got a laser corrector. And he <laughs> Like he basically like types a key and then there's this like arc weld that comes out and like lasers the paper and the letter's not even completely gone. It's just faded. No. Yeah, <laughs> just like faded. Also, like there's whiteout, there's tape, there's there's ways you can back stuff up and scratch it out on a typewriter. Um I kept waiting the whole movie uh, for the uh typewriter laser eraser to come back and it just never did. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely doesn't come around. Most of the inventions that we see, I think with the exception of like the glue, don't really come back around. Yeah, they don't. But he he is the cue. That's very that's very astute of you because he he works in a separate building. He's he's a very uh uh proper gentleman, you know. Uh and he has his seemingly unlimited budget with which to fuck around to make dumb inventions that no one will ever use. Yeah, actually, in a post Black Panther world, I'm gonna say that he's the Shuri of this movie. But yes. the only difference is that she makes like cool, useful stuff, and he makes like garbage, nothing. That's stuff. true. Yes, that's true. Um, I think at this point, the plot really gets like <laughs> plot uh, gets set in motion, which is like he wants to build, um, like essentially an indoor surfing place, which is like a thing that exists now, but I'm sure like back then was like, wow, like they're on yeah. cruise ships. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the My favorite part about that whole thing is he tries to explain like the money they'll make. And he's like, well, if we have two waves per minute and like they're, you know, 60 minutes an hour and we charge this much, it'll be this much money. Like <laughs> assuming that there'll never be a minute in which someone <laughs> is on a wave cycling out. Yes. Also they, they'd be making $24,000 a day with, <laughs> Which the cost of building a park like that would be astronomical compared to $24,000 a day. And, well, I don't want to nitpick and be the logic person. I've heard myself do that a couple of times. A surf park sounds like an awesome thing, and I would want to go on it. And it's a good example of how cool he is in the boardroom. He's cool, and his his boss, which is his dad, is a big old square. Yeah, you just don't understand me, Dad. Um, you want to talk about the bar a little bit? I think um, that's the next thing. Yeah, he goes to meet his uh, hot twink friend and his <laughs> other friend. 
mm-hmm. at the bar and they exchanged some Australian pleasantries. Um, I believe someone calls someone else fish piss uh, as a derogatory term. Um, and it's at the bar that he sees. So this is a pretty good hook for the movie. I was hooked at this part. So he did the 360 that morning. No one saw it. He goes to the bar. He says, tells all his friends, I did a 360. They don't believe him. They call him fish piss. Then (laughs) he's, uh, he's at the bar and he recognizes the girl, the only one who saw him do the 360, right? The girl on the mountainside. Yeah. The the girl on the mountainside who like is recording what we assume to be her first studio album, but already has like a TV spot featuring all of her work. Yes. She's recording an album that is going to be released like within a week. Like the advertising for it is up in the stores already. She's still recording it every night, but, um, that album is coming out no matter what. She's just got to finish it. They'll just put out blank tapes if they have to. She's the Rita Ora of her generation. Yes. And her name is Jade Kelly. Jade Kelly. Iconic name. Not even. Yeah. I love the name Jade. But it all the romance and mis- mystery of having a name like jade for your first name is removed by having a name like kelly for your last name i think is next where he he goes to her show right he's like she's on the tv she must this must be live she must be playing right now i'll go find her right well the next day she he goes to work and tells his assistant i think to call the tv studio to find out who it is Oh, you're right. Okay. I just like that detail. (laughs) I like that detail because back in the day, there was no Google or um, SoundCloud or whatever. You had to fucking call a TV station and and talk to a person, the receptionist. And you had to be like, there's a woman singing on your station last night at seven o'clock. Who was it? And that person would know. What what (laughs) world was this? (laughs) It was broadcast news, baby. Yeah, none of that could happen today. I miss those days. I want to call up a TV station and ask them shit. Um, do you? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Do you remember what the context is for? Like, he gets there and he's like immediately confessing his love to her, and she's not having it. But he makes a reference to um, Meryl. St- someone makes a reference to Meryl Streep and the French he lieutenant's does. wife. What is the context? Yes. Or French lieutenant's woman? What is the context of that? He's like. Something about like you're beautiful. You're as you're as beautiful as Meryl Streep or something like it's a compliment. Um or does he call her an does she say like to retort like he says like um you're in love with me too and she's like, Oh yeah, I must be acting like that and she and he's like, You're the best actress since Meryl Street or something like that, right? Yeah, it's something I, I just remember like hearing it and just like looking up again and just being like, What? Like, completely. I guess I just have to write down French Lieutenant's woman yeah. so I can talk about it. Completely took me out of the movie because I, w- I wanted to shout through time and be like, Young Nicole Kidman, you are going to be on par with Meryl Streep. Yeah, you will win your Oscar working alongside Meryl Streep. Yeah, you're going to work alongside her. There's hope. Don't give up. 
And maybe she heard me. I don't know, because she kept going. She listened to me. She listened to you. Uh, yeah. They, he really just wants to get it on. She calls him parrot chatter. Um, he's like, I'm going to come back and see you again. And she's like, buzz off. Uh, he's so grossly 80s guyly. Like, he's like, how about a quickie in the car? And she's like, no, no, stop. And what's supposed to be charming is now just like, oh. And that gets even worse later. When he it gets worse. To- I do want to talk about the date, which is there, but I do have one thing to ask you about, which is that scene where they're, um, it's him and Howard, the like gadget person, like yeah. with those two computers. And it sounds like they're talking about their dicks. And then it like jokes on you. It's actually like a video game. Yeah. I love that. Yours is bigger than mine. Well, your mine goes faster than yours. Stuff like that. And then they're like mm-hmm. playing. They're, they're working on a computer simulation of a, of a windsurfer. That's a good bit. It's a good bit. It's a solid bit. Certainly got my attention. It's uh, a time again. Any anything uh, about Dick will get my attention. So that's mainly why I brought it up. I had a feeling you have things to say about it. Um, The cheap seats. Talk us through the talk us through the date. Um, where he like hires a driver. He hires a driver. He goes into the recording booth. And asks her out in front of all. So she she is like the lead singer of like a band filled with like punky, grungy, stoned Australian like musicians that are yes. uh, the shittiest Greek chorus uh, I've ever seen in a in a movie. But they're just like, um, why can't we eat pizza and smoke pot and she's like we've got to record this album guys they already have advertisements up for it all over and i haven't even finished recording it um but um uh so he shows up there and kind of talks to her in front of them and she's he's like come on we're going out to dinner she says no uh he says please 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 she says no seriously don't and then uh, he grabs her and picks her up and walks out with her as she is screaming at the top of her lung. No, please stop. I don't want this. Stop it, please. You're an animal. Stop. No, no. And he <laughs> apparently hilarious that he's just, he's got her thrown over her sh- his shoulder like a sack of potatoes, like, how you'd carry like a screaming toddler or something like that out of a library. He just walks out with her and uh, the stoner guys are just like, should we get some pizza? I don't know. And then the, um, uh, he brings her out to where he's rented a car and a driver and the driver opens the door and he throws her into the car. Uh, the driver is now complicit in this act of not of basically kidnapping and he so he's aiding and abetting PC's insane kidnapping scheme. And then uh, they're in the limo for like one second where God knows what PC does. We don't see. And then Nicole Kidman leaps out of the car and tells him to she fuck pulls off. the ladybird. Yeah. Basically, in a proto ladybird moment, 
um, <laughs> jumps out of the car. Then this, I, I'm sure some time went by because then it's day and I feel like she's leaving the recording studio, getting into her car and more hijinks, vehicular hijinks ensue. Sam, tell us what happens then. She oh I like this throw this this throwing back and forth. Uh yeah, she like this poor woman has spent all night like trying to get away from this man only to like go back to her, ostensibly her job. It's now like dawn and she's leaving and like the first thing that happens to her is she gets into her car as it's being towed. So this yes. person is like towing her car with her in it. And again, she's just doing this like no, stop, please don't. She gets towed all the way to the beach and it's like just a long ruse so that she can like be there to like watch PC uh, surf. Um, she walks by like another wind rider who's like meditating, um, which I think is later. That's that coyote guy, right? That's, That's the other. coyote. Yeah. Okay. My first note about them is that I thought that PC and coyote should kiss. Yes. Um, I think also that PC and coyote should kiss. Cool. In that PC, uh, sorry, coyote. He's probably gay. He's always hanging out with a girl. That's his fag hag. Um, And he doesn't talk ever, probably because he has a very flamboyant voice and he doesn't want to reveal it. And he goes out to rescue PC when PC gets attacked by a shark. Which I think happens in this segment, right? Are we jumping ahead? It does, because what happens is, like, there are a bunch of people surfing. Um, it's, like, super fun. And then, like, the fun police come, and they're like, you guys have got to get out of the water. It's, like, super windy. And PC's like, fuck you, man. I'm a wind rider. That's, like, wind is the name of my game. And <laughs> there's, like, really there's like really menacing music. And we're like, it's going to be a shark. We're seeing that, like, first-person perspective camera movement. Uh, and then it pops up, and it's, like, a cute little seal. And then, like, carnival music plays, and they, like, uh-huh. hang out. And they and then they like pull the same damn trick again. <laughs> and then the same yeah. thing happens again, but this time it's not a seal, it's a shark. It's a shark, and the shark bites the front of his board right off. Um, he's super shook, and then Coyote comes out and like for no I mean, Coyote has no good reason to save PC. No, we've never met Coyote before. So when suddenly everybody's like, Coyote's going to save him, I was again like, what Australian lingo is this? Uh, yeah, the just his name, but he man? saves him. Just his name, okay. PC is shook as hell. He is like, I'm, I'm never going to dance again. Uh, he goes home. Nicole, like, comes over, which, like, why? Why does she do that? Why does she go to his house? I guess because she feels bad for him after the shark attack. But, like... But really, why? I, because, honestly... What he did was he didn't have her car towed to the beach and then lay out a picnic lunch and say, I'm sorry, I just wanted to get to know you better. And this was the only way I could. So please sit down. Let's have a glass of wine and get to know each other. He didn't do that. He brought no, her to not the beach. Does he not do that. He, he ignores he her like- and then does her does his hobby in front of her and is like, like, watch me windsurf that's the most annoying it's like it's and like then, but then she gets there to his house and she's like we should have a drink like you should unwind and he says like you're gonna like you can get it yourself <laughs> she has to yeah. make her own drink she's and really mad she he's really mad she's like it's just a shark you know they live in the ocean too and uh he says 
none of them deserve to live anywhere. Like he's you, genocidal against sharks. Who do you think hates sharks more? Uh, PC Simpson or Donald Trump? <laughs> um, I'd like to, PC is a pretty cool guy. And Donald Trump is just a ball of hate. So I'm sure he's filled with more hate about sharks. Uh, I would uh, like to see Donald Trump try and windsurf. Uh, are you a, are you a big Trump supporter? No, there was just a moment where I thought I couldn't hear you. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> but uh, what if this is the moment where I uh, like revealed myself? It wasn't that like I thought the mic went out. It was like I just couldn't <laughs> abide by what you were saying. It was like... Um, Uh, here's an actual question I have about this movie because I rewound and I still couldn't find it but they're having their moment at night and then like pretty much the next thing that happens is it's daytime again and she's showering in his apartment and like I couldn't find the moment where that flipped and went from like the first kiss and the first sex and all that that all happens off screen which is very weird for like a romantic movie to not give it's you that. super weird and then once we see the shower all they do is fuck for the rest the t- back nine of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she shows a little it's, bit of booby in that in that shower wild. um she went from like not wanting to ever see this person again to going to his house making herself her own drink having sex with him assumably because she was naked showering and then being like we're gonna spend the whole day together please teach me yes. to win sir we're going to have a montage. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go for long walks on the beach. We're going to fuck again and again and again from different angles and different locations with different levels of nudity and passion. I will say if you're going to have a montage though, it's best to do it with your own audio track over it because it's like the Jade Kelly character singing while they're like having their montage, which (laughs) is pretty she is the one that's singing yeah yeah also um i will say that i i did notice uh pc when he windsurfs uh there's a lot of pelvic thrusting involved with windsurfing because you kind of have to yeah lean your back your back is sort of leaned almost parallel with the ocean horizon line and, but your feet are planted on the board, which means you're constantly like, like thrusting your inner middle or penal, penal area up into the sky, which from the various shots of the movie, he's really just humping the air in his wetsuit. Yeah, there is. I guess we can just cut to it uh, because the beats of this plot are like not super important, but uh, the like, Team Coyote keeps trying to sabotage him because he's, like, super PTSD'd about this whole thing. So, like, one time he's, like, trying to surf and they, like, play the Jaws music during his, like, semifinal heat. And so he, like, loses. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, eventually what happens is, um, like, someone calls him and is, like, the the surf champion thing is, like, actually at a different beach. So, like, he has to drive there and then he realizes that he's, like, fucked, basically like coming back there's a ton of traffic it's like sheep in the road and then he drives his car like off a bridge into the water and Uh that still does not stop him from getting to the competition and that's really where you see the like gyrating because he like rises out of the wreckage of his sinking car (laughs) windsurfing board yeah gets on it 
he windsurfs to the windsurfing competition using the windsurf as just a mode of transportation. Which we should. I mean, he doesn't have any others. He sunk his other one. (laughs) Yeah. He drove his car into the goddamn ocean and then was like, oh, well, gotta gotta get. Um, I think he was trying to get onto a boat. That was that really reminded me of that whole sequence of Ferris Bueller when he was um, like Ferris Bueller's rushing home to beat his parents there. Just like, uh, do you know what I mean? Um, I was going to try and stay quiet in an attempt to not have to say that I've never seen that movie, but now I guess I'm outed. So why don't you just make your point? <laughs> okay. Well, at the end of Ferris Bueller, he's been playing sick and his his parents are coming home and he's got to get home so he can be in bed. And there's this extended comedic chase scene where he's got to jump on a trampoline and run through people's yards and stuff. And that reminded me very much of when PC is driving through half of Australia and bumping into goats on the road and off-roading and... Yeah, he uh, hits a cop car. His like board goes straight through the windshield of a cop car. Yeah. Well, that um, happens earlier when he's having a... Di- now we're going really out of order, so we should back up. Because you want to talk about the bad morning routine? Yes. Everything is going yeah. <laughs> great with him and Nicole Kidman, right? They're in a mm-hmm. beautiful relationship. Then he gets uh, attacked by the... Sh- and what happens? He gets attacked by the shark. He gets... No, that's first. He's just okay, like... What? What's really, the like t- he's just... He's just a sad sack and he keeps taking he's, it out on her and he's like yes. she's like I'm going to leave you. I think it's back. when he he loses the semifinals and she's like comes with a bottle of wine and she's like come on let's celebrate you, you tried your best and he's like you think I'm you think I'm just a loser and and he's then he tells her to fuck off in a very brutal way. Yeah, he's I mean he's a bad person. Yeah, he really is a bad person. Uh, and then the next morning, he goes through his morning routine, which we saw at the beginning. But everything is going wrong, you guys. He he bumps the fridge with, with his butt and the honey. He misses it, and it crashes down uh, onto the floor. His foolproof method of microwaving his coffee turns the microwave all dirty and gross. His toast is burnt. His egg is runny. He gets in the car. He, He's got the timing off for the traffic lights, so then he has to slam on the brakes. His surfboard goes flying off the roof of his car into the windshield, the rear windshield of the car in front of him. That turns out to be a policeman. Uh-oh. Yeah, not good. Um, he work. He's behind on all his work. His dad is disappointed in him. We do get that nice scene with Miss Dodge, though, where she's like, she, first of all, she's the Cyril of this movie, as far as I'm concerned. The who? Because I feel like Cyril Woodcock. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, Because she, like, is actually pulling all the strings because she's the one that's like, listen up, like, your dad's actually not a complete shitbag. Like, you might be, but, like, he is constantly trying to ask you about, like, what you're interested in, and you just, like, keep shooting him down and then being like, why doesn't he care? Um... But she, like, basically, like, orchestrates them in a very Machiavellian way to, like, have a nice moment where he's like, I'm proud of you. Also, use my gadget guy to make, like, the most badass windsurfing board out of carbon fiber. I don't care how much it costs. Uh, We're going to rebuild a car together later, which is good because you will sink your car in a future scene. (laughs) 
Ah, oh, that's good setting up. I didn't yeah, realize right? that. Um, it, got layers. I quite like the the little scene with him and his dad. Maybe it was because my relationship with my dad is difficult, but like, it was touching. It was quite touching when he was just like, "Hey, dad." I've got time for you now or something like that. And his dad is actually a nice guy. The only thing, honestly, the only thing I could think of during that was like, it was just an entirely new set piece because it like happens in like the driveway of the dad's house, like a place we never see again and have not seen. And there's like a half built car. And that those were the things that I could think of during that. So I guess I didn't think it was as cool as you did. I was touched emotionally by it. And I was like, I wish my dad was building an old car and I could go up to it and be like, Hey dad. I can't help you with that. As, as Sarah Paulson says in Carol, Sam, I guess it all, I guess it all started way back when I was eight. And when my dad said, no, I, this is really coming together. Your obsession with Dr. Chase Meridian, your relationship with your dad. Yes. This is now a therapy podcast. Yes. Um, do we, do we even need to explain how this movie ends? Because I think that it's implied. <laughs> it's pretty implied. I mean, he wins the big contest. He gets the girl. It ends, like, on a dime. Like, like basically, they don't have... After he tells... After he says fuck off to Nicole Kidman, that's the last time they are, they're in a scene together. They have, like, a phone conversation. Or, yeah. no, she listens to him leaving a message on her phone machine. Um... But uh, besides that, like, she just shows up that day and is like, first of all, she's dressed like uh, a small town mayor in Alabama. <laughs> she's got like a white linen shirt and like a, 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 a uh, old fashioned hat and like a blue bandana. And she just looks like she should be like at a Waffle House and 80 years old or something like that. I don't she, even know. Uh, it must be like something with costume designers and her because she has a long history of like wearing white um, in places that she shouldn't. Like I'm thinking of Australia where it's like covered in dust. I'm thinking of, I guess, birth. She's like wearing a wedding dress on the beach. Um, yeah. In, uh, oh, there's one other one. Oh, in Days of Thunder for the big race at the end where everyone is covered in soot. She wears an all white pantsuit. <laughs> it's just completely completely unnecessary um but you're right this movie has no resolution they don't speak um there's no re- there's no like real resolution with his work and she takes him back yeah no no he doesn't find like a good fit for his work although there is a hint that the the dad you know they they take they take quite a bit of time the dad joins the the windsurfing kind of like backup team and him and the inventor uh, and PC that all three of them work to make a great new windsurf board, basically. Um, and then his dad is like, I have a feeling we're going to make a lot of money selling these or something like that. Yeah. Like, which is a, like, that's a not bunch of people are going to want these, which is a little bit hinted at. That's and not that's like fine. The surferama plan that they had originally. That the no. dad also thought was good against his better judgment. Yeah. But then, um, then uh the night before uh some of uh uh coyote's uh obviously gay thugs show up in PC's garage and then um, get stuck onto the surfboard 
um, because it's very sticky. It hasn't dried yet. And, and because it's so <laughs> sticky, they get stuck to it. I love and one of them, love a glue bit, just by the way. Yeah. So one of them is, there's two guys. They're both stuck to the same thing. One of them has something stuck in his mouth so he can't talk. And the other one really has to pee. And I'm pretty sure I've seen a porn with that setup. Uh, Jack. <laughs> I won't tell you how it ends. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else to say after that. <laughs> okay, moving on. I forgot when we were talking about the montage before. They do transition out of the montage back into the narrative flow of the movie by fading from Nicole Kidman having sex with PC to Nicole Kidman singing like directly. And I really thought that was a bold, cool transition. (laughs) (laughs) It's twisted. Uh, They really get it. Yeah. Yeah. They really, they really hit that point home that she's uh, it's the duality of man, you know? Yeah. She is, she's singing about, maybe she's singing about him, you know? Yeah, I didn't write down. She's singing. What is she singing? I didn't write down the lyrics, and now I'm regretting it. Um, but it's it that one is the song where it's like, um, "Love is never like your dreams." Like that's the lyric. Yes, that's what it is. Which is good because there's a is shot there of more one than of them one sleeping. song. Uh, the, I think the song at the beginning is different. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, if I can find uh, either one of them online, that'll probably be the outro music for this episode. <laughs> it's it's such an 80s classic song like duran um, duran would love this shit i think oh the only stray note that i have that i think is really important is um nicole's pretty much the only woman in this movie besides miss dodge uh mm. there is one a couple of other women one is like there's a subplot where pc like accidentally orders a parrot and it gets like delivered to his dad and then like that night the parrot's like in the office building and like the night maid is there and there's a scene where like she goes into a room and then here's the parrot and there's just like a bunch of crashing and i'm like what's the bit there is the bit like that the parrot like scared the woman and she like died <laughs> like is it the stairs yeah yeah the, the parrot and the maid character are in the background of several of the office scenes like as comic relief but it doesn't really work uh because it's a parrot. It's hilarious. Great bit. Uh they also yeah. um they have like an Australian there's word two, for it. There's two um Oh yeah, an Australian word for the parrot. Yeah, it's called like a, a gala yeah. or something. It's called like a talkie to or something. No, like it is not called that. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it's called talkie to because okay, it'll talk to you. Fine. It's called a gala talking to. <laughs> um, Keep ripping. <laughs> uh, how about um, how about the two women, uh, Coyote's um, trickster girlfriends slash fag hag who hangs out with him? I was going to ask also... you. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you. If... I was. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You, you should actually go. Okay, the uh, the only other woman in the movie is um, uh, uh, 
great job, Jack. He really, uh, the only other woman in the movie is PC's buddies. There's the hot one, the one with Jerry curls. And then there's a woman who I think says like two words throughout the whole film. Yeah. She's mostly just there in the bar. I was going to point out the women, woman where like, when they make the the cool new like carbon fiber board, they like helicopter it onto the beach. And then there's like a threesome happening. And there's like a topless woman who's like stops her threesome so that she can watch. I the... noticed that threesome. I was like, are they having a threesome with two guys on the beach yeah. in public? It's a beach public devil's threesome. Hell yeah. Oh my God. I love there. it. Let's go to Australia. Um, I think, I think that might be. There's not a whole lot to this movie. It's pretty paper, paper thin. It's paper thin. Um, but sometimes that's what you need to ride the wind, man. Also, can you hear my HomePod going off right now? I sure can. That scared the shit out of me because it's right behind me. I really thought someone was uh, talking to you right there. Oh, it's that lifelike voice Uh, assistant. I'm... Can we talk about how big her hair is in the phone messaging scene? Her hair is big throughout the movie, but at that time, in that scene, maybe she just got out of the shower or something. I don't know how women's hair works. It is like a full-on, like, afro. Yeah. It is uh, a giant circular globe around her head. It's glorious, real Nicole hair. Um, I'm actually going to use that as the segue to talk about actually rating this movie. Um because okay. that's going to be the first thing that we have to discuss. So just really quickly, uh, you're vying for the coveted Golden Compass Award. It's very important. It's very prestigious. Um, the way you're going to do that is through these one through five categories, five being the highest. Um, they're going to be about various elements of the movie. Uh, you can justify them however you'd like. Um, and they can be about Nicole or they can be about the movie as a whole. Um, but the first one is is the wigs in the movie. So... Uh, Five would be like, this is the wiggiest. This is the best Nicole's ever looked in a wig, um, etc. <laughs> I mean, it. She doesn't wear a wig, right? No, it's her. She, I mean, you're. It's her real. Hair. It's her real hair. It's her real hair. So hair. So this has to get a zero on the wig scale, I guess. She's not in a wig whatsoever. There is an absence of wigs. Yeah. It's not whether she's good or bad. It's that there's no no data. Yeah, it's an NA. Um, I don't think I think I have a history of giving people ones where they uh where they want to give zero. So I am gonna give you a one because I'm not you can give me a one animal here. Um Okay. This this next one's also gonna be kind of tough because the next one is the accents in the film. Um Well, they don't know that they're doing something wrong, but they are. Their Australian <laughs> accents are insane. I love the idea of like, just, ha- <laughs> just having an accent other than ours is considered wrong. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, they're not putting on bad accents, but they do have ridiculous accents. Yeah. Just absolutely ridiculous. And I kind of have to lump the patois into that. The, they're, they're, awful half surfery half australiany half britishy mode of speaking that's three halves whatever um so out of accents i think i'll give this one like a pure five okay great 
Um, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to see for the other like Australian movies we've done so far how people have reacted because uh, it is tough. Okay, so this is interesting because BMX Bandits, notorious Australian movie, was given a one for accents, but you interpreted this differently. I like that. This is great. This is we're meant to stimulate oh, yeah. a dialogue here at the Kid Manifesto. It's, it's chock um, full of accents. You know, you know the uh, Captain Captain Crunch. Oops, all berries. Mm-hmm. This movie this is, is like oops, all, oops, all Australian accents. <laughs> nice. This you. next one, this next one, uh, really requires some explanation, which is just poor planning on my part. Um, but this is the Naomi Watts scale, and what I mean by that is like a high <laughs> score on this. Thank you for laughing um, because it's it's <laughs> so confusing. Uh, high score on this is going to suggest some sort of like affinity or connection of Naomi Watts to this movie. So like, does she have the Criterion Blu-ray? Did she audition for it? Um, does she use gifts of it when she's texting Nicole? Those sorts of things. And you get to explain your score and why. So this is Naomi Watts in real life and her connection to the film as a film. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, is Naomi Watts, is she Australian? Uh, she is, yes. Okay, and she she would be like, Nicole, I grew up watching this film. You were so good in it. You really inspired me. I loved it. I remember I saw it with my, with my boyfriend at the drive-in, that kind of thing. Cool. What is that? No, um, and no what does that equate to you numerically? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Let's say four. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon after this, like very soon after this movie, she will work with Naomi uh, in a movie. So I think it's definitely on her radar. Okay. And it was successful in Australia, right? It must have been for it to come over here. Um. Yeah, I think it did okay. okay. Uh, I don't think it did great. I don't no. know. Let's. I have like the Wikipedia pulled up. Uh, it made twenty nine thousand dollars in America, which is it's not not a great investment as far as movie making goes. Okay, wait, no, it did really badly. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, well, I mean, it had a budget of two and a half million, and it made nineteen thousand dollars. So, but that that's only in America. I know that I saw that in America it made nineteen, but in Australia it made more. Oh, all right. When I well, looked it up, but I don't know. I don't know. This is the box office mojo citation. Um, okay. Total domestic. Oh, I guess it is total domestic gross. Okay. By the way, two million twenty-six theaters. It made it. It cost two million dollars to make this movie. It does say two million Australian dollars, which that could be thirty-five dollars for all I know. <laughs> I don't know, but the. I mean, that that money is not on the screen anywhere. Not even in the wind surfing uh, sections where it's supposed to be yeah. cool stunts. It's really just not. It doesn't look. None of it looks good. <laughs> yeah, this movie did get um, like an Australian uh, like M for mature rating as opposed to like a PG thirteen, and I think that's because of the like nudity. Um, yeah. So I think that probably like <laughs> this movie is like definitely made for thirteen year olds who like yeah. couldn't go. <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably what it is. But man, right. Nicole You're, has uh, a Nicole has an ass like a like a cute nineteen year old twink. It's pale it and it's hot. 
it's pale, pale, it's going. top, it's it's everything. Uh, anyway, um, what's the next category? Uh, yeah, you, we need it. Um, the next one is approachability. So if you see Nicole's Jade Kelly character on the street or like at a small social event, um, one through five, how likely are you to strike up a conversation with her? Uh, three, I guess. I'd like to know about her singing career and her hair. I don't know if, if she was very famous. I don't know if I would approach her or if I would, I wouldn't mention the singing career. You know, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan. I'd be like, some party, huh? Or something like that. Like super lame, like saying some party to somebody. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good three approaching statement. Yeah. Um, okay. Another one that requires some explanation, uh, on a scale of one to five, five being the, uh, the most version of this. So this is a Scientology scale. A five on this scale would, uh, this movie would be the most offensive to the teachings of Scientology. This would fly in the face of what Scientology is here to do and preach. And this movie would be considered suppressive. A one would be like, they're showing it to you when you're walking in for orientation. This one's tricky. I feel like um, these days they probably do show it at orientation to show how dumb Nicole Kidman is and how awesome Tom Cruise is. So they probably show this on one screen and Mission Impossible, uh, like the best Tom Cruise movie, what is, or maybe Rain Man or something, and see, be like, see, huh? decide for yourself. You want to be in the shitty Australian windsurfing movie? You want to be in that religion? Or do you want to be in Mission Impossible Rain Man religion? This guy's got show me the money. <laughs> this little lady's got, oh, PC, you're so hot, PC. Uh, it's not the same. Like, I would consider signing up for Scientology presented with that argument. So, what I gotta is ask the, what's you. the number again? Four. <laughs> That's a four. Wait, what? What is the scale again? Five would be um, the the most uh, in the most opposition to Scientology. Okay, so then I would say two. A two. Okay. Um, okay, the last one is one through five. Uh, over oh, it's the last one already, huh? Yeah, there's not that <laughs> many. It's a quick I'm scale. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What's what's the last one? Well, Jack, the last one is um, overall level of iconicness as it pertains to Nicole's career. So like a five is like my mother knows about this movie. Um, Like when she got her Hollywood star, this is like what they talked about, et cetera, et cetera. One is like, it's forgotten. It's nothing. I mean, uh, I'll try to be subtle here and say negative a million. (laughs) <laughs> i mean we we had to I've like never heard of this movie. this movie we had to watch it on voodoo um which is a thing i've never heard of before uh I, it's not available for for purchase in the united states i don't i don't think you could get like a region one dvd of it so um i would say no one knows about this movie most of the people who have worked on have for, on it have forgotten it and moved on with their lives. Um, and it has zero impact on Nicole's present uh, stardom. 
It is. Yeah. It is the opposite of iconic. It is unconic. It is. Yeah. Even, even BMX bandits, which like is of this same era, also Australian. Like there were a couple people that like volunteered to do that movie. Like it like is charming. And I think that like it did okay with like, you know, 10 to 13 year old boys here. Uh, I don't even know what the movie is, but when you say BMX bandits, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. I want to see some BMX bandits. Let's, let's do that. But when you say wind rider, nobody knows. Is that a movie about a fucking native American chief? Like nobody knows what it is. Yeah. It sounds like it could just be whale rider. Another movie that I don't think a lot of people know what it is. Um, okay. I'm super excited because I thought it was whale rider anyway. (laughs) What if I just made you watch whale rider in earnest? (laughs) (laughs) um this gives you okay so this this scale is out of 30 you're coming in at a 16 okay so pretty low uh, halfway do you want to know who your contemporaries are yeah sure um okay 16 you've got um you've got cold mountain which like blockbustery but still did not fare well on the scale um the the scale is like the the log in Twin Peaks like the it sees through all the bullshit <laughs> it's just here to like give you truth um your next two <laughs> your next to uh the interpreter your next to um oh why is this so hard to read let's see I'll give you one more you're uh just a couple of points behind Rabbit Hole um this is not a bad place to be necessarily but it's probably um, fitting. Where is what's the uh, what's the Zac Efron briefs movie? Oh, the Paperboy. Yeah, where's the Paperboy on this list? The Paperboy at this moment is yet to be charted. Um, Are you telling me that I had to watch fucking Wind Rider when I could have watched Zac Efron brief movie? You couldn't have because it was already claimed. Because this okay. is the honor system. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> and I respect whoever had the foresight, um, the foreskin foresight to claim uh, the paper boy as their movie. Because I am jealous of you. I respect you. I tip your hat at you. And also, I'll be listening to that episode. Um, wait, tell me about, uh, tell me about Batman Forever and um, Eyes Wide Shut. Where do they rank? Oh, that's good. Eyes Wide Shut actually, like, it has an okay score, but it's, like, nowhere near, like, uh, like first through third place. Eyes Wide Shut has a 21, um, and Batman Forever also has a 21. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of where you ended up. Um, we are going to take out a huge section before this where I just revealed all my secrets to you as far okay. as who's doing what and... Uh, the top now people want to know who's going to come out on on top on the old golden compass charts um i do have one last task for you before i set you free if you're up to it shoot okay um yet yet another thing that i built into this podcast that requires like an ungodly amount of exposition but um (laughs) basically what i'm going to ask you to do is is summarize the entire first season of big little lies um so that i don't have to do it on this podcast but the trick is that i'm going to make you do it in 60 seconds um, so take just a quick second. Think about the things that you think are important. Uh, if you had to describe that entire season and uh, whenever you feel ready, you can. I'm, you I'm can giving the plot of the show rather than like, this is why you should watch it and what it is. 
You're going to try to explain the entire plot of the first season. Okay. All right. And just tell me when. And I'll just start. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so there's a bunch of rich women who live in a coastal community in California. They all have families, and they're all, like, the perfect people. But there's a murder. But we don't know who is murdered yet. We're going to go back in time a little bit, and we're going to learn some stuff about them. There's Reese Witherspoon, the overachiever. There's Nicole Kidman, who's seemingly perfect, but really getting beat up by her evil husband. And then there's, like, a couple other ones, too. And their kids bully each other. And uh, Laura Dern is there. And she gets her eye poked out. And we don't know who gets murdered. But we see that some characters have guns. And some characters do this and do that. And Nicole Kidman finally decides to leave her abusive husband. And one of the other women pushes her abusive husband down the stairs. He breaks his neck and he dies. And that's who gets murdered. And they all decide to keep the secret. And just say that uh, he died an accidental death. Come on, I got really close. That was really good. That was really good. Um, one thing I would like to point out about that summary is that you <laughs> said that Laura Dern gets her eye poked out like it's Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's because like... Because she... She's in an eye patch, but only for only because... Yeah, but she has an off by the end of the season, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she gets her it's eye poked like out. Eye. It, it gets, it, her eyeball goes flying out of her head. Sorry, I forgot the scene where she gets fitted for a glass eye in the last episode <laughs> before the party. <laughs> it's like a pretty woman. It's a pretty yeah. woman like trying on clothes montage, but she's just trying on like different colored lenses and stuff. Laura Dern could make an, a glass eye work for her, you know? Honestly, if Laura Dern got a glass eye, I would remove one of my own eyes to get a glass eye. Everybody would have a glass eye if Laura Dern made it work. Um... I saw. I saw that's a, that's a good Dern. place to end. This is yeah, funny. yeah. Wait, no. Say what you say. What you were about I to say. I said I saw Laura Dern at Chateau Marmont, and uh, we, I ate, I ate the fried chicken. She ate the fried chicken. So I kind of ate fried chicken with Laura Dern at the Chateau Marmont. I've been like clandestinely asking guests if they have any Nicole stories, and I've gotten like a couple that are in the realm, but I will happily take a Laura Dern story. <laughs> I don't have any Nicole Kidman stories, unfortunately. That's all right. You brought you brought this to the table. You brought Thank Wind you. Rider. Um, before we uh, before we go, Jack, where can people find you online, on television, etc.? Um, you can't find me on television yet, but I am working on that. You can find me online uh, at on Twitter at O'Brien John Jack. And you can also buy my book, Are You the Wasps, on Amazon. Uh, I will say that I read this book and I liked this book a lot, and you should do that. Oh my God, Sam, thank you. I know, uh, remember when I had a nice like summer day and I just sat down and read your book because um, I'm a great it, friend, first of all. And it ruined your whole day. <laughs> Yeah, and then I just closed all the windows in my home and um, <laughs> just like sat Shiva for the afternoon that I lost. It's a depressing horror book, everybody. Go read it. It's fun. Jack, thank you again for doing this. Oh, thank you so much, Samuel. Oh, have a thank good night. You. Thank you for having me. Good night. Oh, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>